This episode of Melvin Earth is brought to you by Eargasm Earplugs. We all love live music, but what if we could enjoy live music without the terrible ringing in our ears for days after we go see our favorite bands? Well, don't worry, we have you covered. Buy a pair of Eargasm Earplugs. Keep the noise to a minimum, but still hear people talking and hear music with absolute clarity. The discreet design is almost invisible to others, and they're made with hypoallergenic soft silicone so you can wear them comfortably for many hours. It even comes with a little aluminum case you can attach right to your keys so you never forget them when you go to a show. And Metalcore Nerds has an offer for our listeners. Go to eargasm.com and at checkout use the code Metalcore Nerds for 10% off. Again, eargasm.com, use the code Metalcore Nerds. For 10% off. Enjoy the music we love without destroying your hearing. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Pop, Pop Culture Podcast and the Multiverse Metalcore Nerds, where each week I have a guest from the podcast and our music community. We talk about the latest and greatest in entertainment. I'm your host, Sean Mott, and today we're talking about some MCU release date changes, the Craven the Hunter trailer, and the Flash. My co-host this week is Carl from Signs of the Swarm. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's good, man? Thanks for finally having me on this. I know, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Dude, since the Batman, probably yeah. like at least now, so that's cool to finally... Uh, talk about something sick very stoked on this one talk about all the bad whether you're returning to the show or a first-time listener thank you so much for tuning in the best way to support the podcast is to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review it helps more people find the show and helps the show continue to grow and if you want your daily fix metalcore nerds make sure you follow us on social media at metalcore nerds and this is how the show breaks down each week we talk about the latest and greatest nerd news and then we go into our now watching section where we recommend you the listener where you should be watching in theaters and or streaming and then we get into our main topic it's all about the multiversal kind of controversial movie the flash oh yes <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of <laughs> but first things first Melkor Nerd Song of the Week, and the Song of the Week this week is from our guest. This is Signs of the Swarm's latest single, Malady.
that signs the swarm latest single melody it's off their album amongst the low and empty that's coming out july 28th yes Carl, is there anything else you want to say about this record say about what's coming up dude yeah uh this um this record is definitely uh stepping out of science territory a little bit uh being you know the new member in the band and not really having too much of the writing direction on this record it definitely is different for what people would think that signs would put out so i'm very very uh very anxious what people's reactions will be to the actual the whole record itself playing some uh, album release shows off that record uh starting the 20 for a few days around the east coast and then um we are taking amongst the low and empty over to europe and uk for some festival summer breeze and open air all the main ones over there for the summer so uh super super stoked to get that new record out and just uh see how people like it so hopefully you guys uh dig it when it comes out yes i'm sure people like it i don't see why they wouldn't i freaking hope so man you, <laughs> you never know out there nowadays man it's either not heavy enough or it's too heavy there's not True. enough not enough of that i just hope we can please the people and it's not uh too crazy of music to come out for the <laughs> for sure uh speaking of heavy knock loose drop two new singles deep in the willow and everything is quiet now along with a short film to go with it that the singer brian garris co-directed which i think is fucking so dope insane how does this band get heavier dude it's yo honestly like i'll be one of the ones to say i never i never got the hype and i don't mean that in a bad way i just never i don't know what it is man i just never really checked them out too much and then they dropped um the blue record i don't know what one exactly blue yeah yeah and i was like oh, okay this is fucking awesome like this is cool and then they dropped those two songs and i was like holy fuck dude like this is really really sick like it caught me off guard i've never really like liked them quote unquote like that but i was like oh damn this is cool and the uh, short film to accompany it too is just i i just left field for a band like that which is really really sick like i've talked about this a few times is that like the music video is kind of like a lost form of art in music nowadays. You know, it's, it's everything's kind of like the typical music video. And now not loose probably has a pretty sizable music video budget that most fans don't have access to, to do something like this for sure. But there's some incredible uh, music video, like creators, directors out there, like Nick chance, like Jesse Corman from number 12 that like do these, awesome fucking videos so there's like affordable options out there that people can do something really creative and it's not just like the cookie cutter music video which i mean sometimes a music video is just a music video yeah especially for like the realm of this music too it's like when you really when you go further into like the vision than just the music and you like really like set a mood with the video it really takes it to like level which i think they did so well like you know me as an example like i didn't really fuck with them too much not like you know not that i don't like them or anything just not my preferred style of music to put on but like for me to be like oh damn that's actually really sick i think it was more the videos that made it like hit for me i was like oh okay this is something it definitely makes them stick out even more than they already do which obviously i mean what you're saying is not disrespectful you're just saying it's you're saying it like what i kind of wish people would approach music and pop culture more is that it's not really my thing, but you can appreciate what it's done because they've really kind of defined the genre of like metalcore and hardcore over the last few years, being their own sound for one, which is kind of like an impossible thing to do in, in its own right. And now like transcending heavy music and playing Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza, fucking Coachella and shit, which other bands have done, but I feel like they haven't done it at the same impact, if that makes sense. No, like, yeah, I that's... remember like Code Orange, Turnstile, stuff like that, playing Coachella, and everyone's like, oh, that's fucking sick. But when Knock Loose did it, it was like anything anyone could talk about for weeks. It's like a big thing for metalcore, I feel like, to just have like a mixed bill like that. But like, yeah, it could have been any band and it would have been like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But like the fact that it's them and they're like very aggressive and very like, they don't fit that shit at all. You know what I no. mean? But like, the- <laughs> The fact that they have that recognition to get something like that is really, really cool. It's like, oh, damn, like maybe you know, I can get there at some point. Like that's cool to yeah. like just that in the realm of like our music that we play. So it's very, it's definitely like 
a staple. I, I love I love to see it. I, I mean, even like Lorna's doing some of the kind of the, some some of the same stuff, and I love seeing that shit too. It's fucking the dopest thing ever. Heavy music taking over, especially like deathcore and metalcore, is the coolest shit ever, and I'll support it till the ends of time. One hundred percent. Oh fuck yeah! It, and it's cool that it's not in the deathcore realm. Just like yes. musically, these bands are are taking over non-metal festivals and non-metal things. And I, that's really, really cool that it, the world's going that way now. Yeah, I fucking love it. On, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Bearings released a new song called Gone So Gone off their upcoming record, The Best Part About Being Human. It comes out August 18th on Pure Noise Records. If you're, in, if you're into that totally opposite end of the spectrum, super pop punky, very poppy type shit, check out that band. Uh, personally, with me with music, this just got announced last week. Uh, I'm going to be playing bass for NBR on the Born Dead tour. It's going to have a uh, mugshot on some of the dates, uh, Mouth War on the full thing, Downswing on the full thing, and then Your Spirit Dies on part of the dates. I'm super stoked to tour. I haven't toured since 2014 or something. It's been a long time. I think the last actual tour I did is when I went to Europe playing guitar for Lionheart. So it's been a it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, sick bands too on that. Shout out to Downswing. They're fucking yeah. awesome. They're crushing. And Born Dead too. I, I, I'm i literally wearing one of their hats right now. Yes. Chops, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I've known Trey from Mouth for War forever. I used to book Mouth for War and Bruise that he obviously sang in both, sings in both. So I'm super stoked to tour with him. I'm obviously insanely stoked to tour with the Downswing boys. I mean, I used to book them way back in the fucking day before I gave that shit up. So. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a dope tour. I'm stoked. <laughs> but I mean, old friends, new friends, just playing some sick music, just fucking doing it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be like a wild experience for me because I think almost all of the promoters that we're playing for are promoters I used to sell to, and I think that's gonna be a oh. really cool experience meeting all meeting most of them for the first time, being like, "Yo, what's up?" <laughs> hey, I'm the guy you used to talk to. It's me. What's up? Yeah, so I'm stoked for that. I'm, I'm stoked to get on the road and. Uh, see what else NBR does in the future. I love those dudes, and I love playing the music. So, stoked to see where it goes. We'll see. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Also, shout out to Tron too. Tron, uh, Tron's the man, and he's a madman. <laughs> he, he is a fucking madman. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> For more music recommendations, you can uh, make sure you check out the Middle Corner and pull a Spotify playlist. You can find the direct link in the show notes below. On to some nerd news. Writer Strike's happening. I've talked about it the, the past month a little bit here and there. So it's causing some things to shift a little bit. So the MCU has shifted some movie release dates. Deadpool 3 actually moved up like six months. And it's now yeah. coming out May 3rd, 2024. You know, it's like, it's pretty close for that to happen. I'm, pre- I'm stoked for that fucking movie. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Captain America Brave New World moved to July 24th, 2024. Thunderbolts moved to December 20th, 2024. Blade moved to February 14th, 2025. Fantastic Four moved to May 2nd, 2025. Avengers the King Dynasty moved to May 1st, 2026. And Avengers Secret Wars moved to May 7th, 2027. Now, I'm fine with anything getting moved back. Obviously, you can't do much with writer strike. The SAG strike might be coming. Actors might be striking anytime which is obviously going to shut more stuff down and i know they're kind of revamping stuff kind of getting stuff back on track so and a lot of these movies are pretty important movies pretty integral to what they're doing within the movie and what it's going to set up for the future so i'm fine with waiting we got tons of shit to watch in the meantime this summer has been insane for movies and it's still insane i'm like behind on so many movies and theaters just because there's so much shit. <laughs> what do you think about all this stuff moving? Um, I think it's more like it's more beneficial with them getting pushed further so that they can actually like nail, like get everything pretty, mm. pretty set in stone instead of like kind of rush. I think it's definitely better. They're pushing it yeah. back a bit. Cause like, I'm sure they're just as excited as everybody else. Like, Oh, let's get blade out. Let's get, you know, this and let's get that out. But I think, rather than rushing it it makes more sense to push back promote a little bit more with everything going on with the strikes and stuff like that too it definitely gives a little bit more of like a breath of fresh air rather than oh we just gotta go 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 let's finish it let's finish it you know yeah 
and they, they've been slowing things down pretty much when after covid we've just been kind of like punched in the face with marvel content which me as a person i'm like i'm fine with but i can get why people can be like okay that is so much fucking shit. <laughs> Let me, there's other shit I can watch. Let me watch some other stuff. So like even this year has been kind of held back. There's only going to be, I think three series total and three movies. It's a lot more digestible than the year, the couple years prior. So I, I'm totally cool with that it's, it's felt a lot more kind of like, Oh wow. There's another MCU thing. It gives like more time for anticipation and, and excitement rather than like, Oh, this thing's out. Oh, n- now this thing's out now. Oh, now this thing's out. You know, I like that yeah, they're kind of letting yeah. shit breathe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of breathing room is nice. Then gives people time to catch up and actually watch it and invest into watching it rather than, like you said, oh, uh, Flash is out. Now there's this new Batman. Now there's this new Spider-Man. Now there's this new this, this new. All right, man, give me a fucking break for a second. All right, let me just watch these. Let me catch up. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's it's nice. So I'm stoked Deadpool 3 moved up. The rest of the stuff is cool. Let's move back. I know they're they're filming Deadpool 3 and I think Captain America, Ryan Reynolds production company is co-producing it. So I think that movie is going to be fucking great because it's Ryan Reynolds, you know, just in Marvel Studios. He just has more shit to play with. So I have full faith yeah. that movie is going to fucking rule and make so much It'll money. Hugh <laughs> Jack 2 will be fucking awesome the way I'm sure. Yes. And multiverse get to tell how he came back to life and blah 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 or whatever the case is so i'm sure they have a, a well thought out plan to execute oh yeah correct i i have no doubt about that and then some more marvel stuff but not mcu connected and he's at least not yet we got a new trailer the first trailer for craven the hunter it's coming out october 6th starring Erlen taylor johnson who i love if anyone knows me these sony live action movies not connected to spider-man but are all the spider-man villains have been very okay for me Morbius yeah, not was bad on it. what it was i liked venom the first one the second one i did not like at all it's just i think i've realized now i think i understand when people get have gotten sick of marvel movies because they all kind of are more or less the same kind of movies sometimes they'll add some genre in there some movies are way better than others whatever i can kind of see why people are getting sick of them because i think i'm sick of movies that feel like early 2000s movies being made now I'm like very not in. Yeah, and I've seen I people stoked about this trailer, and that's cool. I will never knock anyone for being stoked on anything. Just me personally, no. not that stoked. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson, so I will probably see it just because of him. And the fact that it's rated R and it looks like it's going to be pretty brutal, that's a plus for me. So even if the movie's like whatever, at least there's going to be some dope action and, you know, people getting hit in the face with a bear trap and shit. That's cool. I think that's what for me made it a cooler trailer like i i feel like i don't really care too much about craven like i feel like it'd be cooler if it was like spider-man was tied into it more and it was like a spider-man story then i'd be super stoked about it but the fact that it has nothing i mean that we know of it has nothing to do with spider-man right now like i think the selling point for me which is oh it's brutal it's rated r like that's cool for like a, a super villain movie in a, a superhero context kind of movie having it rated r i think is really really cool could be different i feel like that would have benefited well in like venom or something if it was rated r a little bit yeah. more wrong. <laughs> venom just other fucking people to death and ripping people's fucking limbs off their body and shit but yes. i it was it was well overdue at least it, you know this will be the starting point hopefully for rated r marvel movies yeah, and I have the perfect pitch for this movie that would make it 20 times fucking cooler and it would make so much money. Make it a horror thriller of Craven hunting Spider-Man from Craven's point of view. Yes. Boom. That's money. it. Done. Easy. I had the same kind of pitch for Let There Be Carnage. If they made Let There Be Carnage be a Carnage movie, but make it a horror slasher rated R of him just fucking killing people for 90 minutes would have been so sick. Well, yeah, it's like like Done. fucking how ruthless like Michael Myers and shit is just going around killing everybody possible. It's like, yes. that's Spider-Man, but you're in my way. I'm going to fucking kill you, eat you, whatever the case is. It would, it would just make it more like um, a wow factor. If anything, it's like, Oh, this is not a superhero movie. It's like a dude that's fucked up trying to kill somebody, you know, and trying yeah. to find them and doing what they can do to do that. So hopefully that, uh, that satisfies the itch for Craven. You know what I mean? Maybe it'll, yeah. it'll open up that world of, darker marvel a bit 
we'll see. Like I said, I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. So I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be there for Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> Why do I feel like this character should have had a bit more of like a Russian accent? Like a, yeah, like an accent or something. He should have. You know? yeah. That's what I, I was like, I'm sure that actor has some kind of accent like already. So I feel like they should have just used his accent. Yeah. He's from somewhere in Europe. Come on. That was one of the things that threw me off that. And the fact that he got his seemingly is getting his powers from a radioactive lion. Dude. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I saw <laughs> about the rhino, like, Oh, drop a rhino's blood and something stupid. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then I saw it where the lion's shit dripped into his cut. And I was like, dude, they could have come up with such a sicker way to give this guy powers than a fucking drop of blood dropping in a hole in his body. <laughs> not great. Not not good. Not- um, and you, I bet he's going to turn into a human humanoid fucking lion by the end of this movie, too. Bro, I was going to say that's some like anim. What's what was that one sh- book? Animorphs. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's going to like tr- something's going to happen. Special power is going to activate and he's going to turn into a fucking whole ass lion or something. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's right. Sean Mott calls the future for this movie right now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But um, moving on to now watching section, Carl, what have you been watching recently? Dude, I just finally got around to watching Quantumania. Ant Man oh. was awesome. Honestly, I never really was a big Ant Man fan. Um, I got set up in my new place and I was just like, oh, let me download all the, the apps and blah, blah, blah. And got Disney plus. And I just put it on one night and I was like, dude, this is actually sick. Like, I think, uh, the Modoc character gets a lot of hate, but I think it was cool to see him come back. Like, I know you talked about this, I'm sure whenever it came out, yeah. but it was just really sick to see him get shrunk down. Like the way they made it make sense is cool. Like, I know there's some hate about character and how he looks but i think it was cool for what it was just overall the movie was 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 pretty cool dude i've been watching a lot of um black mirror the new season was awesome i've been watching that did you watch all of it all of it yeah every single one in a day it was fucking damn so catching back up on i think you should leave i loved the first two seasons so i watched season three and now i have more quotes and stupid shit to say because of that show so thank you (laughs) robinson one but, egg equals 40 eggs. Dude. <laughs> so funny. 55 tacos, 55 shapes. You're supposed to do it. I started the channel. You're supposed to pay it for. Dude, the new season was such uh like some sketches I thought were so unfunny. And then the yep. next sketch would be so fucking funny. I just yep. think he yelled way too much this season. And sometimes it works. And sometimes you're just like, you're just yelling. It's that aggressive. <laughs> way he says fuck all the time just gets it's so fucked up like just all like bubbles from trailer park boys so much like umph behind it it's just so yes. funny. but yeah i think season two and and season one were a bit more like unhinged just like funny all the time but then this one was a little bit like more relaxed and like a little more serious than some and i'm like yeah. i don't fuck that i want the stupid funny just not even thought about how funny it is and just laugh right away, you know? Yeah, like the one, the the dinner party where the guy, he's like, you're not going to talk about your kid. And like every time he starts talking about it, he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And he comes over and does something weird to fucking <laughs> distract everyone. That <laughs> one was great. I loved that one. He's like, I gotta make, <laughs> make it look fake. The fucking- oh, that one was also the crooner cab or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That so was- good. I I can't with man. It gets me sometimes. Yeah, he's he's a really funny guy. I I just think sometimes sometimes it just wasn't for me at some points. But the the stuff I thought was funny, I thought was absurdly hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said to uh, Bobby, our drunk. He was showing me it when we went to his house like two weeks ago for uh, Toledo Death Fest. We kind of all met up there and put it on, and I was like, yeah, dude, this isn't really like. I don't know. I'm not laughing as much as the first two seasons, but the ones I laughed at, I laughed hard. <laughs> I also have been watching the new Black Mirror. I've only seen two episodes, though. I saw the first one, Jonah's Awful. And then I saw, I think it's the fourth one, Maisie Day, the one where Zazie Beats is like a paparazzi photographer. Yeah, yeah. So, so I saw awesome. Jonah's Awful, I fucking loved. That one was That's... wild. <laughs> that one was so nuts. I 
show on sometimes, it really makes me think like, yo, that could fucking happen sooner than later, oh. you know? 100%. You say, oh, I agree to your terms, Netflix, no problem. Then all of a sudden you're getting fucking filmed, no idea, and they see all your shit. Like, fuck that, dude. Yeah, I love I loved that one. That one is fucking awesome. The Maisie Day one, it was cool, but kind of didn't feel Black Mirror to me in a way. It was kind of like a weird short horror film, kind of, more than anything. Yeah, it didn't feel like the fucked upness of like other yeah. Black like where it really makes you think a bit. Like, you got to watch the one, um, the C one, whatever that one is. Um, the the one Aaron Paul. Dude, that one is fucking crazy dude i've heard that one is gnarly i'm so stoked to watch it and i i told my my wife sam it's kind of hard to get her to watch tv shows because usually she just doesn't have time to watch them but i was like josh hartnett's in the in one of the episodes and she's like say less and i'm like <laughs> and it's that one so i'm like i'm, I'm stoked to watch the rest of the season that black one, ears uh, lock, amazing lock lock something that one's fucking crazy too cool i'm so stoked lock. to watch the rest of them yeah I definitely was, ASAP. they're really good the rest of them oh yeah and, and then on top of that i we saw elemental this past weekend the new pixar movie and Dude, that it's, looks- it's great it's so good yeah it's, it's basically like an immigrant story and it's told in this kind of like rom-com lens and it like deals with like generational guilt and stuff like that it's like a really fucking good movie i know it, it had like the worst pixar opening ever but it got like a really high cinema score, which cinema score is just based on like crowd reaction out of the theater. So that's a plus. I'm hoping it can have a little bit of legs because that movie is awesome. I know it'll have like an, a kind of a big jump once it goes on Disney plus, like everyone who's kind of become accustomed to seeing Pixar on Disney plus since the pandemic, basically everyone's kind of used to just getting Pixar straight to Disney plus. So I, I hope it's kind of a turn in the right direction of, getting people back in theaters for Pixar stuff. Cause I mean, Pixar doesn't miss like they're always at least really good movies. So go watch elemental. If you, if you haven't, especially if you have like a family, but even like just for adults, like it is, it's like a really nice, beautiful, emotional story. Damn, I can't it's good. But I check it out. My kid is, two, he's two and a half he's a too young to like pay attention to some movies. Like I try to put shit on. He doesn't really care. Right. Even <laughs> I, I, trailer for that and i'll dude hell yeah i would want to see this movie like it seemed cool like i was like oh this is interesting like i feel like pixar nowadays they're like kind of catering to like the older generations that like grew up on it a little bit they're like they kind of so, yeah they kind of draw you in a little bit like i'm a 20 year old man why the fuck do i care about seeing something you know what i mean but like it just makes me just look good like when there's an actual story it's like oh okay cool i could like this kid movie uh who cares yeah, it's a really, really good story. I mean, the, the kind of the plot that goes out is pretty simple, but the, the way they tie it together with like family and relationships and stuff is is very well done. Again, highly yeah, recommend. Yeah. And then uh, I watched Extraction 2. It's on Netflix. Chris Hemsworth action movie. There's obviously yeah. Extraction 1, which I, that came out in 2020, which I fucking dug so much and this the second movie is kind of just like bigger and better in ways it gives like a little bit of uh like story to his character tyler rake of kind of like why he is the way he is and the way they kind of tie in this new mission to how it plays out in the movie makes a lot of sense once you get into it more and the action is just fucking insane like it is just there's like this one shot in a prison sequence that is just mind-blowingly crazy damn i'm gonna watch it yeah if you love action easily watch it they're like there's like no reason you shouldn't watch these and chris hemsworth is such a fucking beast in these movies it is so sick i think extraction kind of fell under the radar of a lot of people but this one's kind of getting a little bit of buzz and i'm glad for it because now you can just go watch both right on netflix easy to watch and i know i know they're working on a third one already so shit yep. for another one i'll have to get it going dude. I've, I've honestly fell off from like movies and TV shows, I feel like in the past couple of years, like obviously 2020 wasn't an excuse because like I had nothing really going on. But like as soon as, <laughs> as soon as 21 hit, dude, it was like nonstop, and then all 22 was nonstop. So I feel like now is like a cool like breather period in between you know festivals and tours we have coming up to like actually watch these things. And I'm like yeah. so far behind, but I definitely got to get on to extraction. 
for sure. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's a, it's a must watch if you're an action fan, because it's just brutal, hardcore, intense action. Like this second one is like 90% action. Just like straight up, just, it keeps going from set piece to set piece to set piece of just like fucking insane action sequence. It's directed by Sam Hargrave, who is, who is a stunt coordinator. And that's why the action is so fucking good. He did. I know he did the stunt coordination for I think like Winter Soldier and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, so yeah. he's very diverse in the the wow factor when it comes to that shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's awesome. But dope. Let's talk about the fucking Flash. Yes, please. Holy fuck! What a movie. <laughs> I agree. I've seen some people hate this movie. I've seen some people love this movie. I've seen people be in the middle, but that's what movies are nowadays. I think I kind of want to start off with the ending in the post credit scene. Yeah, kind of get that out of the way. So in the ending, we see that Barry changes one little thing to get his father exonerated and gets him out of prison, saves one parent, and then he gets greeted by a Bruce Wayne at the end. And it is one. <laughs> and it's fucking George Clooney of all of them. Wow. I did not expect that at all. I think it fully explains that, hey, Barry's okay that he totally changed and created like a, a new universe but his dad is out of prison and he doesn't care. And I think that's how that easily how they write Ezra Miller out of the new DCU going forward. It kind of explains why things are going to be changed and some things might stay the same in the DCU. And I think the end credit scene with Aquaman, it's either one or two things because he does say in every other universe, you're always Aquaman. So I'm wondering if that means the new Aquaman movie is going to take place in this new Barry Allen universe or he's just going to stay Aquaman and it kind of just like explains that all the Aquaman look like Aquaman. So I, I'm interested to see how that pans out, but I definitely think it was a good way to be like, hey, Ezra Miller's not the Flash anymore. <laughs> At least that's how I took it. Honestly, so like going into it, I, you know, I didn't want to look up anything. I didn't want to see anything, but like that's just stuff that I've been like headlines i feel like, like george clooney's in it like there's a cameo of george clooney so i was kind of already under the impression of seeing him but i thought it was going to be like he was in his old school fucking bat suit or something oh. i was so fucking stoked if he was actually suited up but i think the wow factor of it just being him was fucking awesome i mean dude take it for what it is i loved the movie with him in it like I, I always have this discussion with random band dudes like over the years, there's different categories for Batman movies. Now, I don't want to say that Batman that had George Clooney in it is like a cinematic masterpiece. It's just cool how they executed some of the characters and it's just cool, like the quirkiness, how they brought him to life a bit more. But God damn, it would have been sick to see him in a suit or something, dude. Like that would have just made me so much more happy to see that rather than just him being normal. So hopefully in the future, this is setting up him to be around as like the old Batman and maybe we'll see him suit up. Hopefully that would be honestly in my perspective. But um, yeah, I was, I was very excited to see him in this movie for sure. Yeah. Definitely took me for a loop. (laughs) That's for sure. Wish I didn't see like I, you know it wasn't a spoiler like I feel like it was like weeks ago before the movie even came out I saw that it, he was supposed to be in it or something like that and like cameos and they actually all ended up being true based on the ones that I saw so I was like all right you know whatever if I know that he's gonna be in it then it is what it is it'll still be cool to see him and then I see him and I'm like all right this is fucking cool kind of going back all the way to the beginning of the movie the opening scene the opening scene was I think anyone who was like a DCEU fan who has kind of been like there for the journey since like Man of Steel. I think that was such a cool scene to see, you know, Batman and Flash and Wonder Woman all working together. And you even see that the little flash of Superman on TV and stuff like that. But seeing them like work together to solve a crime, which like would happen. It's kind of like the Marvel problem that people talk about sometimes where they're like, if this is happening, how come everyone else wasn't there? And they kind of alleviated that for once in a superhero movie which i thought was really dope they kind of did it in peacemaker too it was kind of a gag but 
in the, in that in that last the finale episode when the Justice League shows up at the end when they already defeated the creature and shit. But I, I do like how they're kind of doing that. And with James Gunn at the helm now, I think there's going to be a lot more of it, especially with the reports coming out. We talked about last week of how the authorities are going to be included in the Superman movie. Like things are I feel like things are going to feel so connected in that way moving forward, which I think is awesome. And I think it's something that Marvel could definitely be better at. And I'm hoping they will get better at as as things go on it's just like so hard when especially when stuff's in like close proximity don't you think that other person should be there or something like it was how um alfred was he's like oh am i your first choice he's like oh no i called this and i called (laughs) called this and it's like it's kind of cool how they kind of tell you like that like you don't have to think about where aquaman is you don't got to think like oh he already tried to call these guys and they can't do it so that's why that's kind of cool how they gave that kind of answer. It's like they're around, but they're not able to come. They can't do shit, you know? Yeah. And it was a nice surprise to see Wonder Woman show up at the last minute. Even they're like, Alfred said something like, oh, she's not picking up her phone or whatever. Yeah. And you still end up there. And, and the fucking with the lasso of truth, when Ben Affleck's Batman first goes, I have too much pride to thank you or something. I was like, that's such a weird thing to say. And then when they went down to the lasso of truth, I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. Yeah. That makes total sense. And then Barry saying, like, I know what sex is, but I've never had it or whatever. I was like, dude, wow. <laughs> I know what it is after the fact. And he's like, it's cool that he's kind of like a kid. That's what I'll give Ezra Miller. Like, I think he nails the role for what it is. Yeah. Like, very, he's very fitting for the character. So it's cool. Those like little, little things. He has his moments that I think is very fitting like that. Like, he's just awkward and like weird. Yeah, it, it was it was nice to see getting the Ezra Miller stuff out of the way. Anything they have done, obviously not cool with whether it's, you know, just an accusation or the shit they got arrested for. Not cool stuff. But I went in judging this movie being like so many other people worked on this movie and they filmed this movie way before any of that bullshit happened. Obviously, they play two of the main characters there's no way they could have reshot this movie. It would have been no. impossible. They would have had to redo the entire movie. It would, it would have been impossible. So I can totally understand why this movie came out. I think they were fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Like, just as a performance, as an actor, they were incredible. And yeah. I even like, like how you're saying they were kind of like a kid in the beginning. The, you seeing them juxtaposed to the, the younger version, the 18-year-old version, and seeing them kind of grow up and deal with all their shit. I thought that was awesome. It, that's honestly like... We're going to talk about Michael Keaton and everything. Like, I loved seeing Michael Keaton back in the, the Cape and Cowl. It was fucking incredible. Hell yeah. The fact that this still remained a Flash movie through and through, I think it was really impressive. And, like, the emotional beats they kind of went with throughout this movie with, you know, him saving his mom. That last scene with him and his mom in the grocery store was fucking so yeah. beautiful. Touches your heart, man, for real. I think they really... The emotion in this movie, they really captured like Flash with this movie for sure. And like going into it, I was like, oh, it's like really advertised as a Batman movie. I was like, I really wonder how much Batman's going to be in it. And he, they, for what it was, it wasn't a Batman movie, honestly. No. And I expected it to be a Batman movie more than Flash. So it was cool how they how they worked Batman's into it and kind of made it like kind of like side missions a little bit rather than like the main thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the way it kind of moved through it, I I really don't. Like I said, seeing Michael Keaton back was fucking awesome. And actually I was surprised of how much I thought he was just gonna be like a glorified kind of cameo, but he's kind of like the second main character under the two berries. Yeah. Like it's, it's like Barry, Barry and Michael Keaton's Batman. Like he's, he's an integral part of this movie massively featured in the second, the second and third act in it. Once he comes into the movie, he's like there for a bit, which is cool. Like they, exp- I felt like they explained kind of like, you know, where he's been a little bit the past couple yeah. years, what's been going on. So they give you a little peace of mind. Like why the fuck is this random Batman just in this movie? Like how does he tie into this? So I think it's cool how they did the whole multiverse and how he ended up being where Michael Keaton was. So all that was awesome. And the fact that the dude's old as hell and he looks great as Batman still, dude, he looks fucking awesome. It's just very fitting, you know, like you're not expecting to see, I feel like they could have went the route of like altering his age a little bit, like with Indiana Jones and shit coming out, like the face change and the fact who's like 
real wrinkled him and you could just tell in like his fight sequences and the way he moved like he's an old fucking dude so it's kind of cool that they really showcase the age side of it which i liked a lot honestly it was so cool the, the way they did it and i love how he explained the multiverse too which dude, yeah with the, with the pasta and shit crossing yes. over and like how when you change something you affect the past and the future you pretty much just you create a totally alternate universe, which Marvel kind of has done, but they've kind of also explained it different ways that kind of sort of contradict each other in, in certain things. It's a lot less, it's, or it's a lot more muddy in Marvel. So I liked it. It was very clear. They explained how it is and it totally makes sense how the ending happens the way it happens. And yep. it seems like, and that's the cool thing about the ending too, is that we only see that little pocket of his world. And it seems like, most things haven't changed, but obviously the Bruce Wayne thing kind of leaves it open to like, what the fuck else has changed? Yeah. You know I mean, who, who the fuck knows? We, we have That's, no idea. That is what I think is like the downfall of the movie. Like the, the ending explanation, like, okay, cool. We get, he fit this, but then alter something else. And then it's like, where are we really left off? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. You know, I, I feel like the Dark Flash kind of came in and out like way too quick. Like I would have loved to see a little bit more. I knew right away as soon as I saw young Barry with the shit in his arms. I was like, OK, that makes sense. Obviously, it's the Dark Flash turns into that. Cool, because you can see how pissed off he's getting. He's starting to get that rage and crazy about going back and going back over and over. But like, I just wish there was a little bit more explanation kind of like what it's looking for to the future and like what actually changed and what happened. So hopefully yeah. it answers for us down the road, but I yeah. think it was, it was executed well having Keaton back in there for sure. A hundred percent. That was probably my biggest gripe is the dark flash part is that I kind of liked that it was him and stuff like that, but it was pretty damn predictable. Like you were like, oh, okay, this is where it's going. And it didn't take away from it because I think that emotional moment of him with the younger Barry really worked like you said it kind of came and went and they're like oh it's over yeah <laughs> no you're like oh okay cool seeing all those cameos i know people have been very critical of the cgi i'm gonna be honest with you because some people are like don't say it's an artistic choice because i don't want to hear that and, and honestly that's what it was the way yeah, they did they depicted the Corona ball and like how time was moving forward and stuff. It was an artistic choice. I don't really think they could have made that look realistic. I think they kind of probably chosen a different way to kind of show it visually. That would have been better. It just also didn't take me out of the movie. I don't think it looked good. It looked very PS3 E, which yeah. is fine, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, man, that CGI was unforgivable. Couldn't believe how bad it was. Like, I don't really care. It didn't take away anything from it. And them paying homage to like all the past DC people, I, I thought was really fucking cool. Even yep. seeing the Nick Cage, the Kevin Smith Superman lives come to life fighting a robot spider was was really fucking crazy. Cool. Honestly, like they didn't just get some of the care, like they didn't get him physically. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like on those sides of things, like if they were able to get the real actors, maybe that would have made a, a little bit more wow factor. But like, it's still cool to see how some of those kind of played out. I wish we would have saw a little bit more Batman characters, like obviously like Adam running down a hallway or something in that one. But like, I wish they showed us a couple more, but that's just me. I did wish they went crazier with like the, the universes colliding. One thing I really wish they would have done is that they would have done a, a Arrowverse world with Grant Gustin's yeah. Flash, with Stephen Amell, with whoever else they wanted to fucking put on it. It's just like Ezra showed up in Grant Gustin's show on Crisis Infinite Earths on the TV show. So it would have been nice to see him show up in this movie, which I heard he did film a cameo for it. So I'm kind of like bummed they did not include him. And to see Stephen Amell, who kind of launched that whole universe on the TV side, would have been really fucking cool. Like, like even like it's it would have been for, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. I just feel like they could have went crazier in, in that moment, which is fine. I like what they did. It was cool. I just think they could have kind of pushed that boundary a little farther. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, shit, you got fucking, you got Christopher Reeves, Superman popping on there, you know, like how much more can you combat with that? You know what I mean? Right. But throw in the other flash, throw in people that are a bit more relevant, you know, than like, you know, the first flash, whoever fucking, whoever that guy was, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. The thing that's fucked up about that is that it, I thought it was supposed to be the TV version of the Flash, like the OG TV version, who actually shows up in the Grant Gustin Flash TV show as well. 
is that it wasn't him. They just tried. It's like they made it look like because obviously his his uh, look is based off like the early comics. And um, I was listening to Kevin Smith's podcast and they were doing research and it's just supposed to represent some old timey flash, not even a specific person who played the flash, which is kind of fucking weird. Oh, (laughs) why just a random person? Why wouldn't you make it someone in particular? You know, that's what I thought, too. I was like, what? That's so weird, because I I was looking at it and I was like, oh, I think it's the guy who played the OG flash from the TV show. But I couldn't really tell. So I was just kind of like, that was fine by me. I was like, I guess it's him. I don't know. (laughs) it's like whatever oh it's the old school guy it's like the og dude like from a long whatever they it worked for what it was like like cgi side it was still cool to see like just how big the the universe actually is and how many different like levels of the characters there were and shit like that yeah 100 percent. i thought i thought it was super cool like it was i I called it in my review a love letter to dc which i think it really was one person i wanted to bring up too that was a complete standout for me was Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. What I said about Michael Keaton being surprised of how much he was in it, I was surprised how little she was in this. But every yeah. scene she had, she was like a fucking force. Like she had such an awesome presence as Supergirl. And I loved that. I loved seeing that. I know they're working on a Supergirl movie right now. I would really love if they brought her into like the new version because I think she, she would be fucking fantastic. And it seems like she has a lot of love for this character. So I think that would be really fucking dope if they did that. I will say I was so shocked that her and Michael Keaton died. Well, numerous Dude. times. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, the actual like end. Yeah. They're just gone. It's like, damn, because Keaton kind of says it like when he's dying, he's like, uh, you know, Barry's trying to save him. He's like, oh, he's like, you can't save me this time. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know that it's like it's going to happen every way they're going to end up being dead, no matter how many times they go back and try and change it. So it's kind of like, all right, like, you know, it's like this. It's going to happen this way. Cool. Like that, that kind of puts me at peace. But it's also like, damn, I would have loved to see them go a little bit further than how they just ended and died like that. It was cool in that one last scene too where he's like i can't bring you back can i and then michael keaton was like you already did kid i was like oh, yeah that's, oh defeated <laughs> but it was like bittersweet you know it was like nice he was like he's like you brought me back to life basically you know it was which is kind of like meta in a way you know bringing 89 batman back to life within this movie i i thought was i thought was really really cool the last thing i want to touch on so andy muschietti the director of this movie it's been reported that he's going to be directing the new DCU Batman, the Brave and the Bold, which is going to feature Damian Wayne, supposedly other members of the Bat family. Now seeing him handle two Batman in his own right in this movie. Are you stoked to see what he does with that movie? Dude, yeah, I am. I just wish there was some kind of like discussion right now on who that Batman's going to be. If Damien's in it, like I, I don't know, like older-ish kind of Batman, but it's just like yeah. who fits into that? You know what I mean? Given what we have, I hope that they don't try to recycle old Batmans to try to bring yeah, them back. Or, but I almost have like a feeling like they might try to rope in Clooney, dude. Somehow, I hope not. <laughs> no offense to George Clooney, but I hope not. The the word on the street, the big rumor. Is that Jensen Ackles might be the new Batman? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That he voiced him in a couple series. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. In a couple anime stuff, he also voiced the Red Hood. I think that would be so sick if they got Jensen Ackles as yep. as Batman. That would be so dope. What age he would be? It's like it. It really depends on the actor, man. If it's like, you know, you're like Ben Affleck when he first played Batman. What was he supposed to be like thirty or something like in that realm? Like not too- older. Like, I think his age, like, he was, like, a 40-something Batman or whatever. Okay, so I feel like we haven't really seen, like, that, that like, that 70-year-old, like, 60-year-old kind of Batman. Like, Keaton was a little older, I believe, for, like, this one. He would have been, like, 80? He, I think, in real life is, like, 70. So probably somewhere around there, like, his his real-life age, he's probably some something along those lines. Be in cool. Keaton... And Affleck in like that 50 to 60 range could be, but it just, you know, I think it might be a little younger. I think like Jensen would be a cool because he would probably be like a 40 kind of like when Ben Affleck started, he would probably be like, you know, like a 40 something year old Batman, like not too old, but not 20, you know, (laughs) you know, so it's like it would make sense if he had a kid, especially like a kid who's like 10 or something. 
or 12 or something like that. Yeah. In Wade, it would have been Talia as the mom. Yeah. Cause, so it's like, where does, you know, where does that come into play too now? It's like Talia Al Ghul and like the passive bat. I hope, you know, I hope it's as like refreshing as new and new as possible, but also yeah. like sticking to the Batman like realm a bit more, you know. Well, hopefully it, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Just give every everything else that's that's been happening and like coming. I just hope it it it, it makes sense for what it is. Me too. I, I do kind of like that we're gonna see a it, it another Batman where it's kind of, he's just like well into being Batman and we don't need to go through the origin a million times. Cause I swear yep. to God, if I see fucking pearls hit the ground again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I don't think we will. <laughs> One thing that they keep redoing over and over is like the origin. And it's like, we don't need another origin. We've had so many now. Carl, thank you so much for joining me. Talk some pop culture with me. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully we could do it again on something else in the future. I very much yeah. enjoy talking about, nerd stuff because not a lot of people can get into it as much as i can sometimes so it's nice to have a friend out there in the music world that i can talk shit and love movies to so thank you again for having me for real yeah man anytime so before we get out here is there anything else you want to plug in your world let the people know Yo, Signs of the Swarms dropping a new record amongst the low and empty July 28th. We have pre-orders. We have tickets to our album release shows. We have some crazy festivals in the summer. Just uh, be on the lookout for everything that we have to post. And uh, thank you guys for all your support. Appreciate you. Hell yeah. And I'll make sure I'll link everything down below. Pre-order social media links so you can just go in the show notes and click them nice and easy to support Signs of the Swarm. Super fucking awesome band. I've had Bobby on the show before, too. I know there's another member, I think, that's also into nerd shit, so maybe I'll have him on the future. We'll see. Michael. Yes, Michael. Michael is Star Wars nerd central. He will fucking talk your ear off with Star Wars. So get him. I'm down. Get him. Michael, Bobby, hear this. Talk to Sean. Talk about some Star Wars. I'm so down. I am so <laughs> down and if you want to support the podcast just go to metalcornerds.com all our merch there all our links there in one easy spot and if you want to help out monetarily go to eargasm.com use the code metalcornerds get 10% off protect your ears help out the show easy win win and if you want to follow me on my personal account follow me at seanxmott on instagram and twitter until next time see you later nerds